Robbie Knox here, landlord of the Moon Underwater, and I have a very exciting announcement to share with you. Have you ever found yourself listening along to the podcast thinking, hmm, I wish I could experience this with my own eyes in the real world? Well, you're in luck, because very soon the Moon Underwater will be returning to the other realm for a special live show. As it's such a special occasion, we thought we'd invite an equally special guest along. Joining us on the night to create their dream pub is the Edinburgh Comedy Award-winning comedian Ahir Shah. It's taking place on Sunday the 7th of April at Moth Club in London. Tickets are on general sale now. Search Moon Under Pod on socials, head to our page and click the link in the bio to get your tickets. We look forward to seeing you there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to part two of The Moon Underwater with a comedian and journalist, Alexandra Haddo, uh, where she's creating quite an interesting pub, I have to say. I'm interested by a lot of the drinks. It's a mixture between sort of quite classy and, you know, and, and giving the people what they want. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so far in her pub, she has Guinness, espresso martini, both on draft. Uh, whispering Angel or Whispering Angel Imitation Roses. Yes. It's got to be pale. And also Italian Prosecco uh, in bottles and cans. But before we return to her choices, we have the small matter of the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz. Robin. Thanks, John. So this week, the Moon Underwater Pub Quiz was all about small town America, or uh, more accurately, films and TV series set in small-town America, or small-towns in America. Um, Question one was, the 1993 fantasy rom-com Groundhog Day is set in which real-life town in Pennsylvania? Alex, what are you saying? I know it's got a name like this. I don't think it's Albuquerque, but it's something like that. Yeah, you're getting there with the rhythm, for sure. Yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. (laughs) John, do you know? Is it Poughkeepsie? Both really good. It's Punxsutawney. Oh, Punxsutawney. Yeah. You remember Punxsutawney Phil? Yeah. Yeah. But you were both getting there with the rhythm of it. Um, question two was the classic 1946 Christmas film, It's a Wonderful Life, is set in which fictional town? Alex? I honestly, you're going to kill me. I've never seen it. And I, oh, every, really? every year, oh. every year I go to watch it and, it and it goes wrong. I even went to the Prince Charles to watch it last year and there was a fire and we, and we didn't end up going. Well, maybe it's, wow. maybe you're destined never to I see know, it. I know, that's what I thought. Yeah. So I'm going to take, take a shot at Smithsville. Smithsville. Nice. Like it. John? Well, I'm not sure you're going to like what I'm about to say, Robin. Go on. I've said Potterville. Okay. Why is that? Because the town that he they live in 
is yeah. renamed Potterville. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> is it at the end of the film? No, sort of halfway through when he's when he's shown the vision. Oh, when he returns to the town oh, okay. to see it under Potter's control. But it, at the end of the film, right? It, yeah, but you, just, you just said, where's it set? Well, it's set in two different towns. Okay, right. Well, I'll have to give you the point there, but what was the answer I've got written down? I have no idea. You don't know? I can't remember. Oh, it's Bedford Falls. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Bedford Falls, yeah. You, you know it if you're a Red Dwarf fan as well. Anyway. When Trump got elected, uh, Mark Kermode just tweeted that still from the film, Welcome to Potterville. Oh, really? That's good. Okay, yeah, I'll give you a, a point there, John, for being so clever. Thank you. Uh, qu- question three was the fictional town of Hawkins, Indiana, is the setting of which TV series? So, Alex, do you know that one? I'm going to say Shit's Creek. I don't think I it's think true. I think that's set in... Isn't that... Oh, no, that's the family's called Shit, isn't it? Yeah. Like, no. Or is the town called Shit? I can't oh, remember. Oh, I thought I they were the called Shit... I don't, I've not seen it either. Yeah. It's because you said, you said the fictional town, and I thought, oh, well, it's definitely a fictional town in that show. Yeah, maybe I should have given a little clue for this one. John, do you know this one? I said Erie, Indiana. No, it's Stranger Things. Oh. But I, I wonder if that's... I thought it might be, but then also I thought I'd go old school. Because Erie, Indiana is kind of like an, a sort of a, a pre-Stranger Things. It is. And I often wondered if Indiana it was set in Indiana as a nod to Erie. Yeah. Are you a bit young? Are you too young for Erie, Indiana, Alex? Yeah, I am. I actually don't know what that is. It was a really good, quite weird kind of kids' TV show that was on kind of early 90s. I mean, I would have been, yeah. I was born in the 80s, so it's not actually that, I don't know. It's Maybe you, yeah. It was very, it was very good, very like very kind of ahead of its time. Okay, I'm going to check it out. Uh, Stranger Things was number three. I'm not doing and very well fic- on this at all. <laughs> and the fictional town of Derry in Maine is the setting of which horror novel, which has been adapted for TV and film. I think it's It by Stephen King. It and John? Well, it's got to be Stephen King because they're all set in Maine, aren't they? They are, they are indeed. I've gone for needful things. It is It. It is It. It is It. So well done. That's one point apiece. (laughs) So I could have a tiebreaker, but I don't have one. I think John gets two points for his smugness about It's a Wonderful Life anyway. Well, it was because I couldn't remember the actual answer. Yeah, that is a tricky one. Yeah, but great cues, great cues there, Rob. Um, But we now must return to the matter in hand, which is Alexandra's uh, Dream Pub. Now, Alex has told us that uh, she's not a beer fan, she's not a white wine fan, she's not a cider fan, due to factors. So (laughs) I'm holding out a lot of hope uh, for your spirit choices. What are you going for? Um, my, My spirits are gin... Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And a spiced rum. Okay. I'm going to need to press you on brands here. We've been pretty relaxed so far, but we've got to get the orders <laughs> That's in. That's fine. If I'm going if I'm going for a gin brand and I'm going to um treat myself, I'll say Tanqueray. Oh, lovely. Um which is, you know, if you're if you're somewhere and you're not paying get Tanqueray. Mm. Well, it's not, it's, I mean, it's not super expensive, but it always seems like a, a cl- it always seems like oh. a nice... Well, there's two, there's Tanqueray number 10 and Tanqueray, and they're, the Tanqueray bottles are so nice. Yeah, I have stolen a few of them from pubs. Yeah, um, that's a common theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tanqueray is a 
I prefer Tanqueray to Tanqueray 10, but I don't know why. I think it just you make a snap decision. I used to drink Hendrix if I was trying to be a bit classy, but I actually don't like it as much with mm. cucumber. It's too clinical. I like it to be a bit sweet with some lime. I think if if you go to a pub and Tanqueray is like their house gin, that's a really good sign. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. That's the nicest one, I think. I mean, I don't mind Gordon's though. Like as as cheap ish you know like that's often the house one i don't actually think that's that bad whereas some house spirits you're like oh god uh, and what about your spiced rum spiced rum i mean there is loads of lovely ones but i do really like captain morgan's yeah i <laughs> think too. they do a good job they it's do really a job. nice yeah. yeah i like a spiced rum florida canya in uh in in central america is really nice if you're going to be if you're going to be specific and you're, you're importing that's well, nice. which do you want to do? Because it's all your dreams come true, really. I honestly think I'd rather have Captain Morgan's, honestly. I'm so sorry. They were s- sort of like early early spices in the mass market. <laughs> spices, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. Spice Drum's been around for many, 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 many years. But I remember when Captain Morgan's was the only Spice Drum you can get. And now you go into a big Tesco. I mean, there's 10 times as many Spice Drums as there are none. I should also say that one of my best friends <laughs> runs a rum brand called Salford Rum uh, and mm. they do do a golden spiced rum and that is delicious as well. Um, and they mm. are, I'm not just saying that actually, but that's like not as, I know the word isn't spicy. It hasn't got as much of a kick, but you can honestly, you could drink it on its own over ice and it makes you look classy and it doesn't send you absolutely I'm west. gutting for them that you've not chosen it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change and take and take sulfur rum. Nice. Why? What makes it golden? Or is that just? It's just that's just the name. It's. Uh, I had to sell this at the Christmas markets like two years ago, and it's. Uh, it's basically loads and loads of uh, all the imports at Sulfur Docks from the Caribbean, and it. What they just they've they do a dark one, but it's. I don't like that one as much, uh, and it's. It's just very light. I don't know. I don't actually know is the answer, actually, Robin. I'm trying I'm trying to, like, style it out here. I don't know. No, don't worry. I'm a big fan of Spice Drum. John, you're, you're, really, you're very much a dark rum kind of person. Well, you? I like some... Or you were. I like some Spice Drums. The Salford. I'm just looking at the Salford Spice it Drum. It looks amazing as well. Is this what you're choosing? Because I feel I've sort, of, I've sort of twisted your arm a bit there. No, do you know what? Because if now I'm thinking about it, I will take that because I, I've got about 12 bottles of it in my kitchen. Ooh. I do actually drink it all the time. I love the design. Yeah, it looks yeah. amazing, the bottle there. Yeah. It looks like kind of an old map. And I do drink that more than Captain Morgan's, so I will, ta- I will put it in there. The thing where they've gone for, and it is quite a brave choice, is that their bottles are opaque. Yes. So it looks like it's in a sort of quite old, like the sort of material you'd imagine like an old sort of uh, cider quart jug would be made from. Yeah, yeah. It is like porcelain almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's very pretty. But I wonder, like, I bet a marketing person would say, you've got to let the people see the the rum. So I think that's quite brave of them to to sort of hide that. They're very, uh, yeah, they've done it all from scratch. They've, there's been a lot of tasting, which, I, you know, when he said he was going to start a rum brand, I was like, oh, no, let's help you. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, I actually do drink that way more. I've got so many bottles of it um, at mine. If we ever have a house party, um, the kind of dying embers of it, everybody's drinking Salford rum with absolutely any mixer, like a Salford rum and squash, you know, completely butchering the entire experience. Mm. Um, but just so that it's, uh, if it's the dark one, you can drink the, the golden one on its own, but 
the dark one. But John, if you're a dark rum fan, have you tried dark rum with um, coconut water? I think coconut water might be the worst tasting <laughs> thing on the face of the planet. I'm with you. <laughs> right. But with, but with rum. Yeah. So I went to the Caribbean last year uh-huh. and uh, our taxi driver was like, try rum with coconut water. And I was exactly the same as you. I was like, can't mm. think of anything worse. But with rum, not only does it taste delicious and nothing like coconut water, it must uh-huh. be almost just like a, it must neutralise it or something. I don't know. So coconut water all along has just been a mixer. Yeah. Ex- and I can't drink coconut water on its own ever since my friend said it tasted bodily. I'm with you. Like <clears throat> full on. It tastes like sick. Yeah, it's it's horrific. But because it's something like 10 times more hydrating than just drinking a glass of water, you can honestly drink That's about bullshit, though, 20 of these and wake up feeling absolutely fine. Really? Like it's mad. We we would it was like we were in lost. We were because <laughs> we just thought yeah. like does this do we not get hangovers on this island? Is that just what it is? <laughs> and then we came back and we and our taxi driver was called Donald, so we nicknamed it the Donald. So oh, like, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd be like, like a round of Donald's for everybody. Um, and yeah, we felt absolutely fine. There was no hangover whatsoever. So I, I do recommend that. I'm not sure it's possible for anything to be more hydrating than water. I thought that as well. But I don't know. I choose to believe it when, I, when I'm drinking a Donald's. <laughs> well, I'm, I'll definitely give that a go. Yeah, I like the idea that it's just been marketed as a drink, but actually it's a mixer. Yeah. It's like going around drinking Angostura bitters or something and thinking it's good for you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like do not do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the complete opposite of, um, do you know, Adrian Childs I was trying to, there was a thing in the paper this weekend about him trying to drink less. And mm. the interviewer went into a pub with him. And the whole point was like, he, he hasn't quit. He's trying to drink less. And these were his, yeah. his 12 steps to drinking less. And uh, he goes into a pub and orders half a pint of lager in a pint glass topped up with water. Which I honestly think sounds like the worst thing in the world. He talked about it on this podcast, Robin. He didn't mention the water, Shandy. Yes, it's Stella with soda water. Oh. Also, quite unexpectedly, there's an entire chapter on me in that book. Really? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Adrian, um, uh, do if you haven't listened to Adrian Charles on The Moon Underwater, do check it out. Fascinating chat about... Uh, moderating alcohol and having nights off and stuff. But he interviewed me for this book and um, I thought it was he, like, he might use a quote or something. And he sent me a copy and, uh, yeah, it's a whole chapter called My Name's John and I'm a Moderator. And I said, I said Adrian, that is out of date. <laughs> Maybe you need an errata. You know, slips with uh, in fact, mistakes in the book. I've got a... I've got a complimentary copy right here. Oh, that's good. So, uh, folks, I should have actually mentioned this on the podcast before, but uh, if you enjoyed Adrian's uh, episode, do check out The Good Drinker, How I Learned to Love Drinking Less, Adrian Childs. Um, it's a really interesting read, and I think it just gets you thinking about alcohol in a different way and from different uh, from different angles. Um, Godspeed. Godspeed, old Adrian. <laughs> uh, but I wonder how many Donalds he'd have. Exactly. Uh, had he access mm. to the Donald? You can't have a couple of Donalds because they're so harmless. You can't have a couple of Donalds. <laughs> and if you get drunk, you could say I'm Donald Ducked. Exactly. Uh, quite good. <laughs> That's quite good, isn't it? Um, 
So, uh, fantastic choices there. Tanqueray Gin and the Salford Rum Company, Spiced Golden Rum. But, Robin, my mind has been contracting and I need you to expand it uh, in the Moon Underwater Pub Library. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. This week in the Moon Underwater Pub Library, I think I've done a poem from here before. It's One for the Road edited by Helen Mort and Stuart McConey, and it's an anthology of pubs and poetry. So there's lots of poems in here about pubs. Really good. And this is um, a good one by Anne Sansom uh, from Doncaster, very fine poet. And it's about working behind a bar. Uh, and I thought it was good because Alexandra's piece about working behind a bar reminded me of this. So I'll give it a quick read. It's called Mine Host. I had a name, but they have swallowed it, downed it by the pint, and I have swallowed so much that I might give way. I might. Tonight I just contain myself, I go on pulling ale and nodding, aye, and get away, with one ear cocked against the margin of a conversation, on the edge of mild debate and brewing trouble. I have the punchlines, the final say, time gents, sup up, it's time, and they subside, obedient cowed. I shepherd them, unsteady, hold the door, and someone might catch hell outside. Someone at home might come it, question what's been spent. Someone might wonder what I buy one half so precious as I sell. I slam the bolts behind. I touch hands gently with myself and rock and sing. I wish I loved the human race. I wish. (laughs) I I tilt my head. Yes, my good man. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. Sometimes it will not pass. The jukebox dies. A glass of rum and black burns sanctuary, and in my mirrors, in my bottles, me and me and my cathedral settles. Then I bucket the fag ends and ashes, wipe the bar and spread the towels. I gather up the dregs and slops and tip them in my special cup. Oh, hello. It's good stuff. Yeah. I I think that's so good about that moment of peace when everyone's left. You've kicked everyone out. Yes, yes, yes. That's the best feeling in the world after a shift, yeah. I like muttering to yourself, I hate the human race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, because you've seen everyone in their worst state at the end. Yeah. Alex, could you talk to us about the post 11pm experience of a pub? The sort of when everyone's gone. I know there's an awful lot of work to do. It's It's a very demanding job. But do you have those moments of complete peace? Oh, yeah, it's lovely. It's it's amazing. And you know what? The the most effective way to get people out. I mean, I never stay in a pub now. Like, the, you, you know, if you've asked me twice, I'm gone because I know the frustration of like, guys, please get out. Like you're waiting on a bus, you know, all this sort of stuff. Um, and there is that moment, especially when someone's like, should we have one? And you're like, yeah. And you just lock the door and have a glass of wine or a pint or whatever. And everyone's gone. And uh, that is the greatest feeling in the world. Mm. <laughs> I totally agree that especially if you're with a big group or whatever and people are lagging behind, you know, you get the, the quarter to 11 last orders, then you get time. You've got to be out by 10 past, quarter past 11. Yeah. However, there is something quite unpleasant about clearly an agreement's been made by the bar staff that they want to get out super early and you're, like, getting hassled before 11. Oh, yeah, we weren't allowed to do that, I think. Sometimes we did, we... Yeah, no, we, we never kicked anyone out before 11. Yeah. Yeah. I just sometimes, Rob, we've been in pubs where it's, like, sort of 
25 to 11 and and you like go to the bar and they'll be like oh well you know you've got to be out by or they're closing before the advertised time <laughs> that gets me annoyed yeah we we, we never did that yeah i have fair. seen that a few times we, our, our landlord yeah. would have, would have but shot I think us I, I think <laughs> I think I saw it when pubs were just kind of reopening and, you know, short-staffed and it was... Yeah. There weren't many people in there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to kind of justify keeping it open. Yeah, I can understand if you're like the only table of four in an empty pub and it's half ten, they're thinking, well, no one's coming in now. We're going to yeah. have to wait another hour just for these people to yeah. have another one more drink. But I, I do think that whatever you list on Google Maps as your opening hours <laughs> should be sacrosanct. Yeah, what we would do in that scenario, if there was only a couple of people in, we would just um, start the cleaning. Yes, yes. Because they yes. don't give a shit. Like, no. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't care that, about that either. They can stay till like five past ten, past eleven, but by that time you've only got about five minutes more to do. So. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. Mm. That's a lovely compromise. Well done. Thanks so much. <laughs> uh, well, we move out of the uh, leather-tomed environs of uh, the pub library and head over towards the more sparkly uh, LED-based experience of the jukebox. Um, yes. Could you please pick an album that you would like to hear playing in your dream pub that we can add to the Moon Underwater jukebox? I uh, thought about loads of cool choices, which included... Um, Pulp, a different class, which included mm. basically T-Rex greatest hits. Um, but actually, my album would be AM by Arctic Monkeys because I th- don't think there's a bad song on it. And I think it's a nice vibe. There's a bit of everything for a pub. I don't know if you'd want to play it all the way through because there's a lot of different tempos. <laughs> mm. I'm not... I, I don't know very much about Arctic Monkeys. I do like Alex Turner a lot. And I think... AM is generally like agreed to be the kind of yeah, it's my best one, one, it seems, yeah. right? Lots of people love it. But I, yeah, I really like that last one they did where they went all weird. But I, I don't know if that one gets this, is, is favorably received. It is, it is weird. It's like I, it, I, you'd listen to that in the background, but if you were kind of playing AM in a pub, there'd be some kind of nice backgroundy stuff and there'd be some that's like a bit sexy. Maybe you're on the pool, whatever. And then there's like some that are a bit... It's about, basically, it's called AM because it's all about the early hours of the morning where you don't know really know if that person likes you back. And I just love that because that's a lot of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like that vibe in a pub because I think the art of like, you know, meeting someone and, and having a snog in a pub or outside a pub is is being lost on us. And I think we should all bring it back and start snogging outside pubs. Let's bring back snogging. Mm. Bring back snogging, definitely. Bring back yeah. snogging. Yeah. yeah, less pressure. Yeah, nobody yeah. snogs for long enough now because we're like, oh, we've seen what you do after that, and we just, we you know, we sort of nod that, nod to that, and then just get to the good stuff. But actually, mm. bring back long-term snogging. I think it's probably all downhill after snogging, isn't it? In many ways. Yeah. I think it probably does peak at snogging, and it. I don't know whether this is an age thing, whether, I, but I, I worry that young people have sort of lost the art of snogging. Agreed. <laughs> I mean, it, you, this this isn't based on research. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel we should. Say. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing based on <laughs> yeah, yeah, what yeah. I read about young people these yeah. days. All the teenagers you've been right, snogging right, right, aren't right, as right. good as the elderly people mm. you've been snogging. <laughs> yeah, I think you can. I think you can tell an awful lot about 
Sorry, not even going to finish that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Someone you're snogging. So you you were going to say it's such an I, I love saying the word snog, and also yeah, I think you were going to say yeah. you can tell how old someone is by how they snog. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> what I was going to say is I think you can tell if someone's going to be good at sex by oh, how they you a hundred percent can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah yeah yeah. I think if you're a bad kisser, you're bad in bed. Yeah, not that you know, not that. Sex is something you're good at. It's just an exchange of, of of intimacy, for goodness sake. But I do think, I think you could be like, sometimes you're like, oh, I think we, this is just going to be a snog because if if the yeah. trailer's anything to go by, the film is going to be a car crash. Yeah. If if you you've never you've never snogged anyone that you thought, well, that was awful, and then had the ride of your life. That's never happened. No, never. No. Kids, don't be afraid mm. of tenderness. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. 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 That's kind of a mad thing to do when you're young, isn't it? You go out and you snog someone. It's not you don't really do that in your forties, do you? I hope I'm always doing that. I really do. <laughs> well, I remember there was these two lads at school that used to go to the. You remember the Works nightclub, Rob? Yeah. So they would go out to the Works nightclub in a very nineties way. So they'd get their like sort of two tone Ben Sherman shirts on and you know wear dupe and all of that. And they would come back and be like, "How many? How many girls did you snog?" He'd be like, "Oh, I snogged ten girls." She's yeah, like, oh, yeah. What that? What? I was <coughs> never involved in that phase of, of everyone else's life, and I was so jealous. Yeah, yeah. Imagine snogging ten snogging. people in one night. I mean, it's it's a glandular <laughs> fever petri dish. Yeah, well, quite. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Uh, anyway, some chat about <laughs> snogging there. <laughs> but, I want um, snogging in my pub. Oh yes, what, would you want a special a special snog zone, or is it just a yeah, as, very dark in the corner, yeah, a candle. couple of snogging booths? Yeah, it's a very innocent word, isn't it? Because they don't say it in America, do they? What do they say? Oh, make out. They say make out, or there's another thing they say. I can't remember. What it Necking. Is. No, I don't mind make out. Yeah, I think necking. make out's quite sweet. Make out. We were making out yeah. the other night. Were we? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. no. Do you not remember? Oh, <laughs> I'm <Christ>. sorry. <laughs> well, we move on from uh, the, the jukebox and its uh, snog-tastic choice of AM by Arctic Monkeys. Yeah, I think snogging to that is my dream, to be honest. And uh, we head to your wildcard choice, which is your final... Um, Final sort of booze-based choice. It doesn't have to be booze. could be anything. It doesn't have to be a drink. It is a drink. Uh, it's vodka iron brew. Ooh. And it nice. is incredible. In fact, I'm doing a gig later tonight at 2 North Down, and they serve it on their actual menu. Right. So we're not talking about WKD here. We are talking about no, a mixed drink no, of vodka. spirit and mixer of uh, vodka iron brew and it used to be on tap in a nightclub in Corby where I'm from because nice. everyone's Scottish but even though it's in the Midlands of England um, and my par- my dad's Scottish and there's a lot of iron brew going on and vodka iron brew is genuinely delicious and sort of very much the British version of the Donald I would say a, mu- a McDonald's ah. um, <laughs> yeah I don't think it has quite the uh hangover dodge of the next day but it, it definitely don't feel horrendous on it the next day i was gonna say i doubt it's 20 times more hydrating than water definitely not no was an orange wkd vodka and iron brew but it wasn't officially associated with iron brew was it rob 
No. No. It was very, very similar, but it wasn't actually that, I don't think. But no, I'm talking like spirit and mixer, order it at the bar, vodka, iron brew. Uh, I'm guessing in England you're limited with the places that yeah, have iron brew. that's why I love gigging it to North Down, so I can have a vodka and iron brew after the gig. <laughs> mm. Very difficult toilet situation in that venue, isn't yeah. it? If you're in the audience yeah, it's and very you need much to sort of like Come and be part of the show while you do a wee. Yeah. 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 It's not great. And does does a vodka and iron brew hasten the toilet situation at all? Very much so, yeah. <laughs> um, so I always say, like, after it, let's get on the, the vodka iron brews, you know. But I did a, a work in progress show there before uh, Edinburgh this year, and I think they put them on offer for everybody that was on my show after. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so everyone was like, yeah, absolutely tanked on them. I think they ran out of iron brew by the time we left, put it that way. That's one of my proudest achievements. That's great. <laughs> I'm going to try that. I don't think I've ever had vodka and iron brew. I mean, I've had a heck of a lot of orange wickets. Yeah, but... try it. It's really, it's actually honestly oh really my nice. God. It's just what I used to drink at uni. Yeah. I do like an iron brew. Diet iron brew is nice. As I well. hate a diet iron brew. I, I feel <laughs> like it tastes of nothing. Really? It's sort of, it's, yeah, it's sacrilege in, in my house. Oh, I don't mind it. Maybe I'll have a vodka and iron brew tonight. I can't have got to get a plane in the morning, John. What do you think? Oh, please do. Please have one tonight. Yeah, I think I will probably will, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's going to mean a whole bottle of vodka. I have to pour the rest of it down the sink. God. <laughs> you don't need to throw it down. That's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's another chapter in Adrian Charles' book, I think. Well, we now take a little break. We leave the Johnny Come Fly Be Nightlies and uh, head over for a special bonus choice for those who support us on Patreon. If you want to get involved, if you want to get access to uh, live tickets, bonus podcasts, unedited episodes, ad-free episodes, uh, and also to hear Alexandra Haddo's Dream Pub Companion, get involved. Go to moonunderpod.com. We'll see you back for those who don't very shortly. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you're to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com. You're barred. We're now back, folks. Your Johnny Come Fly BNs. And um, 
Uh, and uh, actually, we we got a special double choice uh, from Alexandra. So head over to uh, minunderpod.com if you want to hear that. But we have two small items of admin before we let you go. Uh, first off, as someone who's worked in a lot of bars and pubs, I'm sure there's an awful lot of behaviour that annoys you. What are you barring from your dream pub? Uh, it's not actually behaviour. I'm barring dogs. Amen. I don't. I've. I actually am quite neutral on dogs. What I absolutely detest is dog owners. Uh, people that have dogs. Not not all dog owners. <laughs> people that act like their dog is their human child. For one thing. Mm-hmm. People that ask me for a bowl of water for their disgusting dog that's just been, like, in a field. And then the dog's slobbering in the water, and then the water's going all over the floor, and then I have to clear that water up. The dog's running around, and then they always go, oh, he's fine. No, he's not fine. He's running around and jumping on me. Fuck off. Yeah, I they can absolutely get fucked. And nothing would get give me more pleasure than, like, somebody coming into the pub and going, oh, can I bring my dog in? And I go, no, absolutely not. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, my my actual sexual kink is sort of walking up to someone with a cute dog in a field or, like, a park or something and them just, like, being like, oh, yeah, classic, here we go, and then me just, like, avoiding their eyeline and walking straight past them. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's quite a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's quite a spirited... Quite, quite an odd sexual kink. <laughs> yeah. So it's... Yeah. The sexual yeah. kink is someone walking with a dog who think you were about to pet their dog... And then you look away and walk on. The kink mm. is the disappointment on, the, on their face as they realise I don't care about their dog. Yeah. You know, there's that um, there's that sort of law that if you can think of a thing, it exists in pornography. Yeah. I think that might be the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So far, John, so far. So far. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great choice. Yeah, I was with a friend uh, recently. We weren't in a pub, we were in a sort of an outside little sort of pop-up cafe. And there was a dog there just going absolutely nuts, like yapping and yelling and mewling and chasing. And and I said to my friend, who is also a dog owner, very responsible dog owner, he said, I said, what is it that, why is that dog like that? And your dog's not like that. And he said, oh, it just hasn't been trained at all. And then the owner led it off the lead And it legged it. It was like zooming around this sort of nice little sort of garden area. And it pissed on one of the chairs that we were sat on. And the owner was just like, oh, come on, come on. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You should be in jail. Yeah. It's not not for me. Yeah, yeah. I was in Mosque Kitchen in Edinburgh um, in August. And someone walked in with a dog. And the the owner or the, the guy who's... That one of the waiters just ran up and said, "No, no, you got to get out." And I, I caught his eye, and he said, "She's like, what? Are they, he was just like, what are they thinking? We're making food." And it was just like, I do really re- appreciate that. I do think more places should be like that. To be fair, yeah. No, apart from service dogs and guide yeah, dogs course, and yeah. those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. This was a guide dog, but I didn't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> no, because if you know, if you are be, if you're being nuanced about it, those tiny little dogs that just sit there quite happy or whatever, I don't really mind them too much, but I'm going to have to do a blanket ban just to stop people being like, well, mine's fine, because they all say yeah. that. Yeah. I've, I've probably yeah. just uh, alienated anyone that was about to be like, oh, maybe I'll go and see her live. No, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> we've had some big dog lovers on the, in the moon underwater, and we've had some people who don't like dogs, so I think it's, you know... It is a contentious a, issue when it yeah, comes to pubs. It is. Um but also, I think, like, you get a vibe for whether a pub is a dog pub. So, like, a pub 
with a boot scraper at the front door. Oh, yeah, like a country With lots pub. of outdoor clothes and umbrellas and fires. I get that that's sort of a dog pub. Agreed, yeah. You know, we've, got, we've got clean surfaces. We've got a tiled yeah. floor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hurry up, please. It's time. Finally, it's been such a pleasure to chat to you, uh, Alexandra. Your pub contains Guinness and Espresso Martini on draft, Whispering Angel or adjacent imitators <laughs> and Italian Prosecco in bottles and cans. Spirits, we've got Tankery Gin and the Salford Rum Company, Spiced Golden Rum. On the jukebox, we've got Arctic Monkeys AM. Your wild card is vodka and iron brew. Dogs are not welcome in this pub where talking to strangers is encouraged. Chaos is too strong a term, but something could kick off because the landlord is an eccentric and we're not quite sure what they were going for with the decor. And all the while, the smooth whistle of Guinness being served, perhaps to be removed to a snogging booth where we bring back snogging, for goodness sake. Uh, but finally, we have to ask you, what are we going to call this place? Well, I have, after having spoken to you for the last hour or so, I was I loved Josie Long's name of Madame Guillotine. Glad that went out before the Queen died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I uh, so I and I I'm very politically similar to to Josie, and I was like, oh, I love that. And I, I would have you know had something like that. And before I'd come on here, I thought. What about like the rebels wench or the rebellious wench or something like that? And now I think it's going to have to either be the rebels snog or the snoggers retreat. <laughs> the snoggers retreat's good. The snoggers or the snoggers, the good. snoggers alco, or like the snoggers in. You know. The snoggers rest. The snoggers no. rest. <laughs> what about the snog in? The snog in, yes. The snog in, yes. That's good. I like that. The snog in because you're snog in. Yeah, mm. I like that. But the snog in. That's good. Yeah, the snog in. Snog in. That is. Uh, <laughs> it's brilliant. That's what I want. I want because I want it to be dark. I hate light pubs as well. It's got to be dark. Yeah. Stuff can go on secretly. Night next to you, you might not even know. Just the sound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the sound and of open snogging. late. Open late. Uh, the latest pub around. The sound of snogging. Yeah. Mm. Oh, great. Sorry, I was just imagining the sound of snogging. It's actually so quite disturbing. <laughs> When you imagine yeah. it on mass, but uh, yeah, what what a lovely innocent virtue. Um, <laughs> so, Alexandra, we thank you so much for your time and wish you all the best as you head back to the other realm oh. with the snog in under your arm for whenever you need it the most. I, I will really want to go there tonight. Now. <laughs> I'll be in some soulless establishment that will kick me out at ten p.m. <laughs> hey, you're having vodka and iron brews. That's tonight. true, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's that's cheered me up. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you want to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com.